0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Whether you have a sense of familiarity or unfamiliarity with what's arising from moment to moment, the truth is the mind doesn't really know what's going on before it comes up. We get into habits of feeling like experience is familiar, where we think we, we know what will happen next. So it might sound like this. Here's what I'm doing today. Here's what this week is, is going to be. Or um, today's a good day. Or today's a difficult day. Um, These are all ideas or attitudes that the mind is superimposing onto what is actually happening. And sometimes it's only when life brings us surprises or even big shocks that uh, we are shaken out of the delusion that... um, we're having and that things suddenly feel unfamiliar so one way the mind gets conditioned by experience one way it sort of leans into suffering and stress is when we develop habits of wanting to control what's happening has anybody here ever wanted to control what's happening in your life Um, we want to make our lives happy Um, and we go to elaborate lengths to try to make things be how we want them to be, we want to get rid of anything that doesn't feel good. We may even blame ourselves when conditions don't uh, arise that don't feel good. Um, this is where we get attached to having things be a certain way instead of being with things the way they actually are. And this is where we cling to trying to control our experiences and this is where we suffer. So these are totally understandable habits and they come from having a prefrontal cortex. So that's the area in the front of the brain that is believed to be responsible for our ability to plan, organize, make decisions. It's also the area that monitors what we might say or do Um, in order to help us fit in or be socially appropriate. So those are useful functions, you know, that help us get things done and and get along well with other people in the world. In fact, workplaces really reward and promote us if we have an overactive prefrontal cortex. (laughs) Or relationships might go more smoothly because of this prefrontal cortex. However, (laughs) it may be also one of the places where the mind develops a delusion that we have a final say over what happens. It's as if because we organized, planned, and made decisions about stuff, the outcome is supposed to be the way we planned it. You know, as if we have control. I like the way Wikipedia defines the prefrontal cortex. This brain region has been implicated in planning complex cognitive behavior, personality expression, decision-making, and moderating social behavior. So planning complex cognitive behavior. That's what we do when we have ideas about things. We've got a way that this day or this week is going to go. Or we're going to do something. Personality expression. Who I am. You know, what's me and mine? Decision making, how I'm going to make things come out the way I want them to. Um, Moderating social behavior, how I'm going to fit in. So I like, I especially enjoyed the definition including this brain region has been implicated. (laughs) So, you know, the word commonly means to show someone has been involved in a crime So the prefrontal cortex has been implicated in creating some of our suffering. Guilty as charged, Your Honor. So our minds can get so habituated to this activity of planning and deciding and thinking we control outcomes. Um, So I, I don't know if any of you have noticed this, but I noticed that my list of things to do to stave off the symptoms of aging kept getting longer and longer. Like, okay, if I do... This and this, and if I take these supplements, I'm going to get a really reliable full night's sleep, the same way I used to when I was in my 40s or 50s. Okay, if I do this exercise and this exercise and this exercise, things won't feel stiff and and uh, creaky. It got. I, I've been through so much physical therapy that if I actually did all of it now, um, I'd be doing two hours of physical therapy a day. So finally, it was like, oh, I'm. I'm aging. (laughs) Of course the body's getting creaky and old. And, you know, it's been through a lot. So this is an example of um, getting so habituating at wanting to know or wanting to control things, to control outcomes, that I developed habits or ideas um, that I somehow could control it. Have you ever gone back to a place you lived a long time ago and saw that it was totally different from your memory. Yeah, um, Our mental images that we form of where we hang out and spend most of our day, the people we spend our time with, um, and the activities we do are based on the very selective way we pay attention. We don't even know we're paying attention selectively, but we are. So we select and preferentially notice certain visuals in the places we hang out, and we ignore others about the places we are every day. We preferentially pay attention to certain things our friends or family members say and do, and we totally ignore others. Um, one of the a, a great therapists that I really admire points out that couples think they know each other. They get a delusion of familiarity with each other. And I've sat doing couples therapy with people many times and realized that what they need to know is They don't know. They're each changing every day. They don't know everything about each other. We get into habits of noticing only some things and then forming an idea that we know a place or a person. So sometimes we're really surprised to go back to this place we haven't been in years and finding ourselves seeing things that we didn't used to see. Even if the place hasn't changed very much, we've changed. And so our preferential selective seeing has changed. Um, Or a friend or family member does something that's not part of our idea of who they are and we say, I guess I really didn't know him as well as I thought I did. If we have an expectation of how our sitting practice or our mindfulness practice is supposed to be, we become, or we become accustomed to conceptualizing our practice a certain way, it can come as a surprise or even a source of confusion when there are pronounced shifts in what we're noticing or how we're noticing it. So it's possible at moments like that, that we've shed some habits of familiarity. We're taking an experience as it is right now, and we're not familiar as it arises newly from moment to moment. So we can develop habits of attending only to certain pleasant experiences that are happening when we're sitting, or we can have habits of noticing only the difficulties that come up like, and, you know, fail to pay attention to other helpful states of mind that are happening sometimes. Or we can develop a habit of drifting along in meditation and not really being precise about what we're noticing. Um, these habits with what's familiar um, can keep us from discovering things as they actually are, from discovering reality. So our habits and expectation about how meditation is supposed to be can prevent us from finding freedom from suffering. There may be periods in practice where old conditioned habits of mind tell us that our practice suddenly isn't making sense. Um, that may actually mean that we've awakened to not knowing, which is a good thing, <laughs> um, so maybe we've suddenly shaken off the habit of having ideas about how our practice is supposed to be. We don't have control, and we may sometimes shed our delusion of control. So here's the good news: sitting practice and mindfulness in daily life, and momentary experience, don't have to make don't always have to make sense. We don't always have to feel oriented it doesn't have to feel any particular way. It doesn't have to feel like we know what's going on. (laughs) Um, Some fellow meditators have told me that their sitting practice never feels quite right and yet they notice that their life is changing and um, getting better in some way. Maybe they're not as reactive or their mind isn't always as preoccupied as it once was. Um, even very experienced meditators have told me that they don't really know where they are in the practice. Um, you know, but that life is getting happier in general and more peaceful year by year. So if we stick with practice, we are evolving in ways we may not really fully be, uh, imagine or fully be aware of. We might reach a point where we don't create ideas about our practice of meditation. We might reach a point where things feel unfamiliar. It might feel chaotic at first. it might might feel really blank or it might feel anyway that's different than what we are used to and This could be a helpful shift from the tendency of the mind to try to control experience um, so one kind of thing that I just mentioned was a period of feeling blank when experience seems to have stilled. So at times like that we might be like a field that's lying fallow. So fallow fields have a lot of activity going on underneath that's nourishing the soil. So you know whatever uh, vegetable matter has fallen on the field is being decaying and being integrated into the soil by ants, worms, moles, beetles, all the creatures that are working the soil underneath. And that activity is not really visible to the naked eye. Um, It's not easily discerned, but it's preparing a rich ground for future growth. So during a period of practice that isn't making sense to us, a lot could be happening that could be preparing us for freedom from suffering. So the mind might not be indulging in the old habit of having a theory about everything. Um, We might be able to notice how things really are, and by contrast, how we had conditioned ourselves before, like what our habits were. Um, And the conditioned mind, you know, that we've been cultivating our whole life by doing certain things, wants to understand, maybe yours isn't like this, but mine wants to understand everything, it wants to know everything, and it wants to have a theory about everything. Um, it could be—it's re- very useful for, you know, jobs and careers and making our way through the world. But it can also be excessive. <laughs> so we might be addicted to the tendency of the mind to think it has everything all figured out, um, or it, that it's, it knows—experience. So what does it mean if something feels all figured out or smooth or familiar? It might mean that the experience is, instead of us being with the experience as it is, that we're fitting it into our our previous ideas. Um, The thinking mind is actually conceptualizing what the experience should be. We're then shaping experience, but we are not being mindful when that's happening. So a potential drawback to our ideas is that they may be part of the system of suffering or stress that's keeping us from being free. On one hand, our insights into experience um, and how it may fit into patterns can be really useful at times. So I don't want to dismiss the capabilities of our thinking mind. But on the other hand, thinking that something is familiar may predispose the mind towards fitting things into our concepts instead of being with things. So instead of renewing our attention mindfully, moment to moment, um, we could get caught in thoughts about how things are supposed to be. So, Plato is reported to have said, I am the wisest man alive, for I know one thing, and that is that I know nothing I love how this quotation is pointing to the fact that our assumptions can get in the way of our learning, can get in the way of our mindfulness. And it really was soothing to me to read since my mind has no idea what's going on right now in life. (laughs) Um, Emily Dickinson put it this way, not knowing when dawn will come, I open every door. The mind that doesn't know what's going on can open every door. Realizing the mind has no idea of what's next, we can be with what is instead of worrying that our life is falling apart or our practice is falling apart at times that are unfamiliar. Um, it may be great that the mind has dropped its habits of making theories. So out of these unfamiliar places, there may be space for insight and freedom. So may we be, in closing, may we be like Emily Dickinson, not knowing when the dawn will come, opening every door with a mind that doesn't know and doesn't have any idea about what it will find. So thank you.